Earlier this year, the FDA approved the first non-hormonal drug to treat hot flashes, a nasty side effect of menopause. It's a huge deal. It's called fesolinatan, and everyone is rejoicing because it's extraordinarily effective. I mean, major, major reduction in hot flashes within um, an average of four weeks. Then in October, researchers in Uganda discovered that female chimps in the wild also go through menopause. This change affects a lot of people, and chimps too. Us, our sisters, our moms. Um, yes, ma'am, I have gone through menopause. It took me a long time. Mine lasted about nine years. But no one talks about it. Did, did Grandma Helen talk to you about menopause? Oh, gosh, no. No. We're going to talk about it. All the menopause questions you didn't know you had. I had no idea. Coming up on Today Explained. Support for Today Explained comes from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. If you like spy thrillers or indeed Elizabeth Moss, then you might want to check out FX's The Veil. It's an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. Oh, I'll go. One woman has a secret, same here, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Today Explained. I'm Noelle King. Jancy Dunn writes a column called Well for the New York Times, and she also wrote this book. Hot and Bothered, What No One Tells You About Menopause and How to Feel Like Yourself Again. You know, I can remember when I was putting together this book, I thought, okay, well, what books are out there on menopause? Seemingly thousands of books on pregnancy. I mean, there was just, you know, shelf after shelf. And then there was one book. I have a nice library, too. There was one book on menopause. One, it was written in the 90s. The pages were yellow. It was very old. And I thought, wow, given the proportion of time that women spend in menopause, you enter it and you don't leave. You stay in it. So the average age of menopause is 51. And and the average lifespan for women is, is 80. So that's decades and decades that you're in it. Yet, who knew? I didn't know either. And I write about health. Anyway, I told him about my fever and my insomnia and my brain problems, you know, how I can't remember anything. And he told me he thought I could be at the beginning of menopause. No. Yeah, that's what I said. I started getting symptoms when I was 45. And, you know, when you're in your 40s, you're not thinking about that at all. But that is when perimenopause starts, most often in your 40s. And so I remember I got... um, a racing heart, that's one of the symptoms, the, the you know, the supposedly 35 symptoms. And and I thought, oh, okay, I'm I'm going to have a heart attack. You know, and then I got other symptoms. My, my skin dried out. I went to the dermatologist. All these things were happening. And I didn't connect the dots because I just wasn't in that headspace. Like in your 40s, 
you know, sometimes people have young kids, they're working, they're taking care of elderly parents, they've got pets, they've got this, they've got, you're just not there. And I also had equated menopause with, oh, that happens when you're older, you know, oh, that's, that's kind of like golden girls territory. I didn't realize that it was in my 40s. And when I finally put it together, I had seen, I don't even know how many doctors. Can you list all 35 symptoms? I can. Are you ready for some fun? I don't mean to scare people to death. I really don't mean to scare people to death. I I interviewed, I don't even know how many experts for this book, and they would say, please tell readers, sometimes you don't have any symptoms. Some women absolutely sail through it with no symptoms. Sometimes you just get a cluster of symptoms and it's not so bad. Um, But here, here are all the symptoms because it is helpful to know. If you're in your 40s, And some of these are starting to happen. Put it together and maybe see your doctor. Here we go. Hot flashes, of course, everyone knows about that, right? It's in all the sitcoms, women like fanning themselves and night sweats. Well, it don't feel very beautiful. I feel like I'm jumping in and out of a hot bath and somebody's twisting a rubber band around my head. Irregular periods. Um, I'll go back to that because that's a major tell when you have perimenopause is just one one month it's the mighty Mississippi River the uh, next it's a trickle okay anyway um, mood swings libido tends to go south breast soreness headaches vaginal dryness a big one burning mouth huh what? but yes tingling in hands and feet I got that one gum disease extreme fatigue bloating digestive problems joint pain depression muscle aches, itchy skin, electric shocks, another who knew, but but quite common apparently, terrible sleep, brain fog, memory lapses, thinning hair, brittle nails, mine were like baklava, weight gain, incontinence, oh yes, dizziness or vertigo, me too, uh, increased allergies, loss of bone density, that's a big one to keep an eye on, irregular heartbeat, which I mentioned I had, weird new body odor, um, also common, irritability, anxiety, and panic disorder. And and there might even be more, but those are kind of the major ones. And they certainly take people by surprise. I am fucking furious right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I'm, you know, I don't mean to put a, a menopositivity spin on these things, but like you will get through them eventually. But yeah, I know you're are you absorbing all that? It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's it's a yeah. lot and and here's the thing that's that feels very weird to me. Women, girls even do talk about our periods. Mm-hmm. And it's actually even kind of fun when like you're a teenager and you're like, "Oh, we're all getting it." First Jenny got it. Then stupid Vicky got it. And I tried everything to get my period. We do talk about pregnancy. Um, some of that chat is less fun <laughs> in my experience. But um, but we don't talk about menopause. And that is really strange to me. It's like we got two out of three that we talk about all, a lot, all the time. And then suddenly we go silent. You're right. There are so many rituals around different life transitions. And I received the talk. I remember my mom took me out to dinner. It was a, it was a big thing. And, you know, I had the period talk. You receive the talk for their first period. No one gives a talk for your last period. Never. It's just not part of these life rituals that we have. Baby showers, um, bat mitzvahs, you know, there's all kinds of different rituals that you go through. I had a baby shower 
where people would share knowledge with me and tips and, oh, here's what happened when I went through it, you know, and absolutely nothing for this life transition. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be so great if there was like a menopause shower where people could share what's going on with them and what worked for them? And maybe you could even um, get some gifts like neck cream because your neck really starts to dry out or, or you know, vaginal lube or, or whatever. But just to normalize it and to let people know what's coming because the really important part of this is how we're still like, I love so much that you're having me on and we're talking about it and you're helping to further the conversation. That's how it's going to be normalized, right? It's it's not going to happen with policy. It's going to happen with us all talking about it. I mean, the question is, were you open with your family about the how the symptoms were affecting you? But obviously, I didn't know that you were having those symptoms for 10 years. Mm-mm. I think, no, I think I wasn't open at all. I don't talk about, I didn't talk about myself that much about it. Mm, why? It's one of those topics that everybody jokes about, like, oh, God, menopause. Like, we all, it, we know it's the worst. I just tolerated it. I want it to not be a shock. I want it to be familiar because part of the part of the shock is that you don't know what it's about and you don't know when it's coming and you don't know that there are treatments out there. So we had a my mother and I had a really long conversation and that's also good for your health records. Like it's good to know when if they can remember. My mom it took a lot of prompting for my mom. I was like, "Okay, when did you go through menopause? Was it the the Carter administration? What, do you remember any how old was I?" It took a while because she was kind of she had she's in denial about it. But it's helpful to know. And if you, if your mother is no longer living, other relatives who had it, you know, it's just, that's helpful information if you go to your doctor to talk about menopause, which is another thing that I recommend. What I think I hear you saying is that um, what's behind all the silence is that generationally speaking, the generations that have come before us have been hesitant to talk about a lot of things that are quote unquote women's issues, including maybe periods and pregnancies, things that Gen X myself, a millennial, are much more comfortable talking about. And so what's happening here really is just a generational shift in the ways that Gen X has pushed us forward, in the ways that older millennials have pushed us forward. We're doing that again. We're doing it with menopause. Exactly. And I have such high hopes for the generations that are coming up um, because they are so much more transparent. You know, celebrities talk about it and half the time they are pushing products. Stripes was formulated specifically for perimenopausal and menopausal skin. Our patent-pending ectoene and squalene formulation provides superior moisture and hydration where you need it the most. So what is the criteria? One of the, right, what are the criteria yeah. for, for menopausal clothing? Well, you want clothing that breathes. You need clothing that you can layer because you go from hot flashes to cold flashes. And we, we want to make sure that, you know, we've got something for both. I talked a little bit about the menopause middle. They see that there's money to be made, and fine. I don't care because they're still talking about it, and they still carry some weight, and and it gives people permission, like it or not, to talk about it, you know, themselves. I used to write about health and also beauty, so I would get sent these menopause products, and I noticed that back when, when I was growing up, the few things available for menopause symptoms that you could buy in a store— they were always in these like sad brown plastic containers and there would be like a picture of a <laughs> sunset on them if it was like a supplement or like dried leaves, you know. And now they're very luxurious. They're meant to be displayed and not 
hidden away, you know, with your skin tag removal cream. They're meant to be like put, you know, right there on the counter for people to see. It'll say the word menopause on it instead of some like stupid euphemism. And I think that's great too. Even the doctors didn't really talk about the menopause, no. I just knew I was going to not have a period, so that was fantastic. But I was not really prepared for the other things that came with it. Okay, so you knew you weren't going to have a period, and you knew you were going to be sweaty, but other than that, you were just kind of winging it? Uh, Completely winging it. Coming up, the reason we're all winging it, guess how much time gynecologists spend on menopause in medical school? You will not believe it. Support for Today Explained comes from Mint Mobile, the only cell phone that tastes good. When the deal is too good to be true, there's probably a catch, right? That incredibly cheap flight to Europe? You probably can't bring a bag or pick your seat or use the restroom. So when I tell you that Mint Mobile offers wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably wondering, what's the catch? Well, according to Mint Mobile, there is no catch. According to Mint Mobile, it's only 15 bucks a month and their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, you can go to mintmobile.com slash explain. That is mintmobile.com slash explain. You can cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash explain. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Support for Today Explained comes from Ramp. This ad goes out to all the finance professionals looking for love. I'm just kidding. Looking for a better way to simplify business finance across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting. And to all the accountants tired of the same old finance software, Ramp may be the answer you've been looking for. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. So what does that mean? Well, according to Ramp, they give finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending. Issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions. Automate expense reporting so you don't waste time. Ramp says its accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so that you don't have to. That could put an end to chasing down receipts and to your employees spending hours submitting expense reports. And now you can get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash explained, ramp.com slash explained, ramp.com slash explained. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank 
Members FDIC. Terms and conditions do apply. Support for the show already comes from Delete Me. Your personal information is online. So is mine. I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that, but you might be surprised to know just how much of your information is available not only for people to see, but to sell as well. And that's where Delete Me comes in. Delete Me wants to help you keep things such as your name, number, home address, and other private information out of the hands of data brokers. I've never personally kept my information out of the hands of data brokers, but perhaps Vox's business team's Claire White has. Removing the data that Delete Me found was super easy because I didn't have to do anything. They already removed my information across sites that they deemed as unsafe. I truly did not have to lift a finger. You can take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me now at a special discount for our listeners. You can get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash today and use the promo code today at checkout. Again, you can get 20% off by going to joindeleteme.com slash today and enter the code TODAY at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash TODAY. The code is TODAY. I would heat up internally. I used to say it was like your body was in a microwave oven, cooking from the inside out. That's how I would describe it. That's beautiful. It's Today Explained. Jancy Dunn, author of the new book about menopause, Hot and Bothered. Jancy, you said you started perimenopause in your 40s. And I want us to suss out what perimenopause is, what actual menopause is, and medically what's going on during this time. So start with perimenopause. Perimenopause, which was not even part of the lexicon until the 90s, um, no. is, I know, I know it's so funny. Uh, peri means around. And so that means the years around menopause leading up to menopause can be four to eight years, depending. And symptoms can be really faint at first. So it's not like it's this, you know, onslaught of symptoms for eight years. And again, that happens most often in a woman's 40s. Menopause means that you've gone an entire year without your period. So 12 months with no period whatsoever. If you get your period, if you're counting up and you get it on month nine, you have to start over. So it has to be a full 12 months. When it has been 12 months, then you are officially in menopause. And again, the average age is 51. Then after that, you stay in menopause. You're sort of postmenopausal, and the symptoms kind of can continue. The one that can continue for a while is vaginal dryness. That tends not to get better. A lot of the doctors told me, so if that's one of your symptoms, worth checking out. I'm so excited to tell you this as my daughter. Your sexual <sighs> life really suffers. You're not interested in sex. It's really diminished. So you had to tell Todd so he could go get like some girlfriends. Yes, I had to tell him as my excuse and then, you know, to leave me alone. Women are socialized not to pay attention to their quality of life. And, and sometimes with some of these symptoms, if they're being deranged by hot flashes or night sweats, that can affect your quality of life if you're not sleeping for weeks at a time. And, you know, I would urge everyone, if they're 
beaten down by these symptoms, please see a doctor. This is going to sound like a bizarre question, Chancy, but what is the point of menopause? Why does it happen? I always get excited when I hear it. This is going to be a bizarre question. I love it. Um, researchers aren't exactly sure. You know, some people say that our lifespan keeps extending and, and you know, our fertility hasn't caught up with that. It's oversimplifying, but you can think of menopause as reverse puberty. That's what some doctors call it. And it makes a lot of sense because in puberty, you've got those hormonal changes, kind of everything's ramping up, right? If you can remember back then. When you go through puberty, your system is being flooded with estrogen and other hormones. And when you're going through menopause, it's leaving your system. So it's reverse puberty. Again, that is oversimplifying, and I'm not a doctor, but that's a good way to explain it to other people. That you cycle through natural fertility, and then perimenopause, sort of the opposite of puberty. What do gynecologists learn in medical school about menopause? I mean, really, it's only an hour of training, and it's it's wow. not much at all. I know, and you you think, like, when you pull back and you just think even just, you know, systemically, just knowledge about menopause, it's very interesting. Um, the UK is ahead of us in many ways, and menopause is taught in schools for kids. Whoa. We've been able to ensure that menopause has been added to the school curriculum in England. If menopause is something that will happen to you or somebody you know or love, then this does matter to you. In terms of medical school, it is kind of shocking how little it's addressed. When the ramifications of menopause when the symptoms can can just go on for years at a time and can be really severe. If you're paying attention to the conversation around menopause, you do hear some about hormone therapy. What is that? And is that something that if I feel like I'm in perimenopause, I can just go in and ask for? You can. And I know people are a little bit leery of hormone therapy after the Women's Health Initiative studies came out in the early aughts, um, linking it to breast cancer. And it's since been reanalyzed and there were a lot of flaws in them. There was just a lot of things that have not skewed the results, but made them a bit more extreme. So anyway, it's replacing the estrogen that is leaving your body. And um, there's progesterone, too, which sort of mitigates the effect of um, estrogen. If you just have estrogen, then you can get certain kinds of cancers. And so you can have it on a patch, um, which has been shown to be safer than a pill. The current position with the North American Menopause Society and a bunch of other medical organizations is if you are within 10 years of menopause, if you're in good health, then you should explore the idea of systemic hormones, meaning you you take a pill or you have a patch, that the benefits could well outweigh the risks. And there's also vaginal estrogen. When estrogen leaves your body, it leaves all the tissues in your body. It's not just your skin, which mine got really rough. It's it's the skin in your vulva, your vagina, and when it leaves your body, your tissues get drier. And so sex can be incredibly painful, and that was another shock to me because it was. Not only did I not tell my husband what was going on, I just started avoiding him when it came to sex because, I mean, who wants to talk about your, your vagina drying out, right? It's not the sexiest conversation, but I realized I was doing our relationship a disservice because. I was avoiding him, and he thought that I didn't care about him anymore. And I finally had to 
tell him what was going on with my body. I thought, oh, I'm doing what my mother was doing, and I'm I'm gritting my teeth about this, and I'm keeping quiet. Why? He's getting older, too. Who cares? Who gives a crap? So I told him what was happening. And I also said, you know, so just be patient with me. Here's what's going on with my body. It's reverse puberty. Think of it that way. This this is what's this is the result of the estrogen leaving my body. And I went to my OBGYN and I got the frontline treatment for vaginal dryness. And it's topical vaginal estrogen. You apply it topically. It's not in your system. And three months later, sex doesn't hurt and you're not peeing yourself. Peeing yourself is a quality of life issue. And I don't mean to scare everyone to death. You may not pee yourself. It may be fine. But topical estrogen was an absolute game changer for me. Again, every it is a personal choice. But another thing that I didn't know was out there. When you spoke to women for the book, and you talked about menopause, and you talked about how doctors had, um, what doctors had told them, how doctors had treated the situation. What are some of the craziest things that women told you their doctors said to them or suggested? Oh my God. The two responses that I, I can't, I interviewed countless women uh, that they got were um, yoga. Yoga's great. There's lots of research behind yoga, but you can't, you can't um, pose away everything that's going on with you when you're going through perimenopause or menopause. And the other was have a glass of wine. Um, this came up again and again. So um, a lot of times for painful sex, just have a glass of wine or for hot flashes, which makes it worse, by the way, um, alcohol. So you can't drink your problems away. It might be fun to try and you can't pose your problems away, but that was the two main things. And so, you know, going back to your doctor, if you feel like you're being gaslighted or your symptoms are being minimized, see somebody else. How do you think this conversation and how do you think medical advances would be different if men were the ones who went through menopause instead of women? <laughs> well, I think that um, hormone therapy would be federally funded. I interviewed um, several urologists who treat both men and women, and they said to me that quality of life is not discussed with my female patients, but men are very upfront if something isn't working, if they're having sexual problems, if they're having problems urinating, you know, they'll come to me right away. It would just be a normal stage of life, just like everything else. And it would be much more normalized. And, you know, right now, the onus is on women to change things. It's not going to be at a policy level, is it? it? I mean, you know, not to be cynical, but I don't see anything changing for years and years. Um, but the more we talk about it, the better it will be. And we are making progress. It seems slow, but maybe four years ago, I tried to get a menopause book off the ground um, when I was just starting to figure out that I had symptoms and nobody was interested. And this one, 13 publishers were interested. And I thought, ah, okay, this is telling. I remember the blood flow being so heavy that it would push the tampon out. Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd feel the tampon starting to come out, like, okay. You know, this is on NPR in a bunch of different cities. What if that isn't in the radio? Go ahead, put it on there. Someone will say, yes, that happened to me too. That's true, and that's important. (laughs) 
Today's episode was produced by Victoria Chamberlain. It was edited by Amina El-Sadi and engineered by Michael Rayfield. It was fact-checked by Laura Bullard. You heard Laura's mom, Ann Bullard, throughout the show. And we want to thank Ann for her frankness. And also, we want to thank her for Laura. I'm Noelle King. It's Today Explained. 